silent delight Sits and smiles on the night Farewell green fields and happy groves Where flocks have took delight Where lambs have nibbled silent moves The feet of angels bright On each bud and blossom And each sleeping bosom They look in every thoughtless nest Where birds are covered warm They visit caves of every beast To keep them all from harm If they see any should have been sleeping they put sleep on their head and sit down by their bed when wolves and tigers howl for prey they pitying stand and weep seeking to drive their thirst away and keep them from the sheep but if they rush dreadful, the angels most hateful Receive each mild spirit, new worlds to inherit Kick that habit, man. Kick that 
manhavit. Manhavit kick. as it is. If they could rise above their knowledge, they could see nature as it is, and they would understand that there are other planes of nature greater than the plane they know. All around them are the other measures to the other wisdom, ignorance, myth. Why should a God visit Earth? 
if to be only a slave to man? Why should a God visit earth if to be only a slave to man? Why should a man be a slave to man if only to be a slave to man? A man to God, a God to man. If only to be within a state unnatural to his natural self, a alter self. Why should a God visit earth if only to be a slave to man? When men are brothers, they are brothers because they know they are. They walk the initiate bridge. The initiate bridge degree of pointlessness. They are friends of pointless intuition companionship. Sincere understandingness of and on angelic planes of being. That is why I have said they are not my brothers if they are not my brothers. See how the black rays of the black race have touched immeasurable wisdom and therefore the unknown quantity. See how they are not understood because as they are is not understood and as to what they know is what they are. See the unlimited freedom of the black rays. Only to be bottomlessly hum humble is to bo be bottomlessly cast out until there's none to compare. Only to be bottomlessly ignorant is to be the other state of ecstasy, that ignorance of which is of and to the unknown. And this unknown is of the greater chaos, for chaos is immeasurable. A design formless as to the idea of form and of the desire to synchronize to that end, which is and yet is not the end. Paradox, paradox, a synchronization to the infinity, the no end, cosmic chaos. When you meet a man, you meet a scheme of words, patterns of concept, a concepted being whose very birth conception is called. Someone took the tender care to win a victory by defeat and with defeat made defeat the feet of the universe. There never had been a feat like this defeat. Defeat is a scenario of the life and lives of the people and peoples of planet Earth. Defeat is defeat to understand. I may be here, maybe not. I've never been inside life. Always I have looked through the glass at those within. There was no door for me to enter. I had no place to call my home. I had no people to call my own. I was and am theirs, if they cared that I be. But since they came before me, how can I say they are mine? How can I say I can call them my own? <laughs> 
Perhaps they are a world of aliens, bar and eyes, the alien out. So out became the truth for me instead of in. There's no room for those of out in the in. There's no room for those of out in the in. It is written. There was no room in the in. Is life in life? Is life temporary? In life, everyone seems to be temporary. It is temporary. Is it temporary? What can people do worse than the way life is allowed to treat them in the enforced roles of the game of life? Life allots to them their allotment. But their lot is a heap of shame and vanity. The useless end, inconsolable death, grief. I speak of, but I do not speak of anything because I speak of everything. I speak of I, but when I speak of me, it is a we, because we are, and that is why we be in am and is. We walk the earth together, and together we will, and do sail the skies of other climes and worlds eternal. As me, I'm here, but as I, but as I, I am always there. As me, I'm here, but as I, I am always there, the somewhere else of there, because of the needs and yearnings of the us, of we. We are small, point, cosmo, infinity pattern. We are, we. We are so tiny, you see. We are, we. We belong to the we people of us. We belong to the we people of us. We're so tiny, you see. See, it is above the rim of kingdom, kingdoms. It is above the rim of kingdom, the kingdoms of time. Behold, see the light of another kind of dawn. Behold, behold, coming evens cast their shadow before. Yon light is the shadow of the sun. Softly the shadow lights upon the land. Remember, did you not read, have you not heard yet about the still small voice that spoke? Interpret beyond the curse, interpret beyond the blessing. If you interpret, listen to the voice of the assigned interpreter. You cannot follow the same earthworm path of humanity and fly with wings of the spirit through the eternal spheres of being. It is a being, and not of this life you choose to call life. For this is life, but it is not the kind of being ultimate utmost of the outer plane beyond the gravity of the earthbound Babylonian night. Ships sail upon the waters, and they go wherever the wind permits them to go. For the wind is the king of the sea, and the wind is the king of the airy kingdom. 
It holds earth like a ball in his hands. It can stop the ships by the power of the strength. It can stop the voice and movement of people by diminishing itself to a thin, invisible, undetectable weakness. So that the victory through strength is its greatness, and victory through its weakness is its lightness. For it is this measurement, for it is in this measurement, it is a light thing. But the light is like the darkness to God, they say. And what is God? God is the answer to the equation of the end of man. A word inspired predestination. We look, we look beyond tomorrow. Truth is bad. Truth is bad. Our truth is good. It depends upon where and why and how and who you are. The truth about planet Earth is bad. The word truth must be considered carefully. And the precepts of that which is called truth must be equationized and balanced and understood. Or else, it must be abandoned and another truth placed in its place. This is the idea of the greater age, the outer worlds of otherness. This is the word from the cosmic cosmos to Mars. The universe sent me to converse with you. If there are ears to hear, listen. But do not listen with your ears alone. You must feel with your intuition sense. It is always the unknown, knowing voice of the quiet, vigilant silence. Your intuitional intuition sense. The universe sent me to converse with you. This planet is a perfect place according to its own decision code. But there still is something missing here. A greater need than all the rest. A need long hidden from the earth god's gaze. A need of giant imperative now. It cannot be. It will not be denied. This needs coordinate would, wish, desire. I speak to you for nature sent me too. Another gift to offer you in music. Nature's natural master's creation voice is one of the bridges to the treasure house of needs fulfilled. What and how are you? I send my warmest greetings from the where the Cosmo usual. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm being what I'm supposed to be. It is a strange circumstance, like being upon an alien planet world, all alone. But I'm not alone. There are ears to hear, even here. There are ears that will listen with mind, soul, spirit, pure. Of those, for those who are in tune with nature's cosmo plan, plain design, can hear what untuned ears cannot. And those who hear will know the meaning of the natural beest. 
the living being bees. The space sea has many sounds of bee-isness, the acacia, the unknown acoustics, the outer planes of isness and notness are all a part of everything, the everything and the nothingness. See the sound riddle of the double bees.
presentations based on observations serving world science. at a man's face, watching him constantly. We are traveling on the bus, since I've been studying him for a little while now, I can see a few fairly interesting things, such as, one, he's got a shape of a human being, two, he's definitely in a sitting position, three, obviously he had to get on the bus somewhere somehow. Four, he'll probably get off someplace. It is also fair to assume that five, he might be staying on till the 
stop. Therefore, A. I have plenty of time for further investigation of the matter. B. If he has not already, perhaps he'll eventually notice my presence as well. C. He might pull out a knife on me. He may not. And also occurring, D. His home could be the whole universe. Those are my initial points. After correctly taking inventory in such fashion, I suddenly noticed something else. He's got a cast around his neck. That fact doesn't find me unprepared a bit, but it wasn't taken into consideration in the first place. Now, I decide to take a few shots of him with my old camera. The pictures soon reveal what was already quite apparent to me, namely, that my dear fellow is from the Orient. However, I let the authorities determine his true identity. I tried to look at his face from the side viewpoint, and his profile has a very pleasant, somewhat smooth features. He's looking right in front of himself. I extensively study his emotionless face and notice nothing peculiar at all what I'd hide from my own beloved mother. I carefully get up now and try to sneak up to a better position. As I get fairly close to him, I realize that something smells funny, like rotten cheese or something. I have to back out a bit not to throw up. That brings back an old story about a blind chap who, on his daily walk, once happened to go near the dairy farms. At the gates, where the unpleasant smell was possibly the strongest, he stopped for a moment, took his hat off, set into the air. Hello, my dear ladies. But back to my good man again. Perhaps he still doesn't know that I keep such a close eye on him. He shows no sign. But I'd show a strong sign of dizziness if I stepped any closer to him. I keep my distance, therefore. My thinking is that he's either keeping something terrible in his pocket or working for a cheese company. Maybe the whole person is in a real bad shape. Now I take a look at his socks and that explains everything. They are made out of the well-known synthetic nylon material. Fortunately, because of the cast around his neck, He's unable to turn his head around, so I can safely watch him without any trouble. His eyes are temporarily closed now, and it looks like he's taking it kind of easy. I conclude that after lunch he either took some sleeping pills or had a strong cup of coffee. Against all odds, I bravely take up the empty seat right next to him. As I'm getting a bit comfortable, I look over the other way, and much to my surprise, I see a man with a video camera filming us like a professional. I can hardly breathe. I'm thinking 
that I should be a little more careful. So I take the next chance and get up. I move toward the door into the far corner. From there, I can't enjoy that lovely smell anymore, but I live with that. Soon, we arrive to the last stop. I try to hide behind a big woman, but I still keep an eye on that fellow. The camera is still following him. Now he suddenly gets up, turns towards me, and starts walking right at me. Soon as he nearly reaches me, he suddenly turns 90 degrees, but not without dropping off a piece of paper. Then, he gets off the bus. I follow him with my eyes in a tremendous shock, as he's getting farther and farther away from the bus. I try to organize my thoughts, but it's not easy to have a grip on myself. The heavyset woman standing near me shows a friendly smile on her face. But when I reach down for the piece of paper, she ruthlessly steps on my hand with her high heel shoes. I'm in a terrible pain right now. The lady eventually gets off too. With my aching hand, burning eyes, and confused mind, I'm kneeling down there suddenly everything becomes quite clear. This man knows everything but understands absolutely nothing. By the time I get up, everyone is gone. Now I can take a look at the little paper scrap. It reads the following. Our body activities and reactions under heavy pressure on the liver. The functioning reactions of the hypothalamus based on studying and diagnosing such problems. The behavior of the saturated liver as well as its dysfunctions in the state of complete blackout of the brain, resulting in cases such as skull fractures and simple skull injuries as well as mental blocks, back neck climbing and their effects in various situations and illnesses. Written by Victor Victor Curran. I read it out to myself several times back and forth before I get something out of it. I still can't grasp it fully, but it's only fair to say that whoever wrote it was no scumbag to say the least. In other words, the man had to have a deep scientific mind. The handwriting is not easy to read, but below the title it goes like this. 1. Skull base fractures 2. Subskull fractures 3. Back of the skull fractures 4. Skull form fractures 5. Skull-shaped fractures. Six. Skull-shaped eruptions. Seven. Over-skull fractures. A. My diffractions. B. Cracks. C. Elbow type pushing about. D. Spheric fractures. E. Other occurrences. 
Eight, kneeling and remorse. And that was all it was on that paper. No more, nothing else. Apparently, all this had happened more than a decade ago. I had bought the handwritten information available, and I still have in my possession the original piece of paper. Since that day, I have not seen the man with the cast whom I watched so desperately. Neither have I seen the cameraman, nor the woman who has stepped on my hand so kindly. I've been looking all over the world to locate them, to no avail. Meantime, I've started pursuing this exciting matter, and I've been consulting with the leading authorities from various countries. I've spoken with many experts and elders, and I also have studied the case extensively. After many years, finally, I've had to make a big decision. I had to take charge, and I, myself, must complete the work what Mr. Corrip has started. At first, I proceeded very, very slowly. For many years, I'd hardly advanced at all, although I went through a tremendous amount of information in various libraries, hospitals, private homes, and other institutions. The crucial point occurred on the day when I finally obtained my long-awaited, many times denied, Hungarian passport from the Bolshevik authorities. Since then, I've been traveling from to many countries on different continents, and I managed to get a good amount of information concerning the subject. It took me a long, long time to study it and analyze it. Fortunately, I got a good amount of help from my colleagues. Let us see now the most prominent ones appearing here as their dedicated involvement deserves our greatest appreciation. István Sápi, Hungarian peasant. Well, humans from Earth reaching the moon as fact or as commercial propaganda. Dino Mikulescu, Romania, serving life term in Switzerland for killing a policeman. Now, man, you're gonna think out the plans and then we're gonna surround the bank. Don't worry. Jeremiah, living in Miami. Retired. Money talks, bullshit walks. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Socrates Heliopolis, Greece. All wars are historically major or minor cleanups of mankind, the necessity of periodical genocide. Alexander Demi, alias Shandy, longtime permanent resident of the United States. Life is a big ugly shit sandwich, and no tooth will remain unbroken when we take a bite. Jojo Nicodemus, Swedish astrologist, currently living in Honolulu, Hawaii. You see, the masses have this terrible desire to follow orders. 
They just can't live without it. You've got to give it to them, my brother. Charles Messi, Liverpool, England. He's got a tattoo on the lower arm. Life is a bleeding sin, brother. Pierre Lafleur, Toulon, France. The only way your people are going to see me smile, believe it or not, is if you truly say something really funny. And finally, Mr. Lorenzo Bakwe, Kolkata, India. In the age of total darkness and confusion, we have but one final choice, if you will. The crystal clear thinking. Now that will lead us again to total confusion. several floors below ground level. Here, in this very building, I finally located the man I was looking for, the man who was harder to find than a hiding terrorist. But I found him finally. His name is Mr. Victor Correct. He's currently working here in utility, mainly cleaning. Let me present here my honest interview with him, word by word. Question answer. Could you please help us complete this work, sir? 13 blood victims of art and some serious noodles with cottage cheese. Question. I'm looking for directions. Evil Martin Meister. I see. What leads at Yobi? None leads at Bobby. I understand that. He nothing better. Really not By the way, sir, have you got any idea how to start after the initial points?
Yes, maybe something more reasonable, sir. talk to you about the skull base fracture. It is a medically recognized problem known for centuries. A Dutch bricklayer had discovered that if you shatter something at its base, 
it collapses like a house of cards. Consequently, it is scientifically proven that any kind of serious damage of the small bricks or cells in our brain will lead us to skull base fracture. Therefore, we've got to avoid all kinds of bad vibrations. Subskull fractures, also known as subconscious fractures. These are real fractures. People who cannot face the vibrating and harsh realities of everyday life could suffer from serious wrinkles in their subconscious minds, which can also be shown by x-rays. And that may lead to partial or total darkness of the mind. In other words, it is diagnosed as subscale fracture. Latent periods, several generations. Not to be confused with skull-based fracture. Back skull fractures. This category contains all the different types of fractures occurring behind one's head, which he doesn't wish to know anything about. We can find further information on the subject under ignorance in various books. Skull form fractures. Still a fairly unknown area in science, whereas the human head as a separate entity being studied from the whole body suffering from mind breaks. Nowadays, its main occurrence is best known, not necessarily correctly, as stress. Skull-shaped fractures. That includes all kinds of penetration of any planet, which approximately has a shape of the human skull. In reality, looking at its form, certain viewpoints, all planets look like the human skull. Any doubt, the sun simply is the shining genius amongst them. Evidently, that is the main reason why we have so much affection and fascination for the moon. Six, skull-shaped eruptions, explosions. When all the heavy burden of experience, sufferings, struggles, passions, humiliations and embarrassments of one's past can't be controlled any longer, the person who's taking charge, a self-appointed leader, makes plenty noise. Recognize and accept in his destiny two different kinds of ending by virtue. The mental institution, where others cannot follow the natural and logical pace or gentleness of his thoughts, or the battlefield, where he'll obviously meet the heroes as a dying general. Number seven, overskull psychedelic fractures, psychedelic and real fractures. A. Diffraction in its absolute physical and cosmic sense. The light as a nearly immeasurable phenomenon. B. Cracks. 
doesn't necessarily imply to fractures. See under acoustics. The undetermined thickness of wood and sticks. C. Elbow. Its best known form is when a fine young man clearly sees his crucial chance. Therefore, he joins the ruling party. D. Other occurrences, such as the breakage of ice on the lake. When we lose our composure, we soon experience overskull fractures. Let us mention here a surprisingly successful trick of Mr. Pulvari, a famous Hungarian physicist, Judo Ops. That is all he said on several dangerous occasions, and many lives were saved. 8. Kneeling and remorse. A fracture of the human soul somewhere below the skull level. A severe form of chiefly physical punishments of the humiliated soul with the optional corn layers. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen.
ride, each hose did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy were the Margos and the Momrazot Glade. The jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the juju bird and shun the fumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand. Long time the mangsome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum tum tree. With eyes aflame, came whuffling through the toggy wood and bubbled as it came. Thank you. 